0: Hey everybody! This is John. Uh, we had a guest, I guess, a couple of weeks ago with Richie Sessions, but we also have a guest this week. Joe Deegan will be joining us to talk about uh, Avengers: Endgame. Uh, so be sure to, I guess, first a warning: uh, spoilers ahead. So if you have not seen the movie and you don't want to hear any spoilers, be sure to stop this podcast, go see the movie, and come back. Here's our conversation. Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Parenting today. Uh, Kurt, how's it going?
1: It's good, John. How are you
0: doing? Uh, doing really well. Yeah, probably maybe a little more awake than you because. On. Are you sure?
1: Yeah, even at like ninety percent, I'm probably you know my is a pretty good ninety. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey.
1: John, do, do we want to just awkwardly not mention that there's a third person in this podcast right now?
0: Yeah, we can just keep going. But I, I, there was laughter, so they, the people who are listening heard a, another I'm just going to laugh
2: out. the whole time. I'm not saying anything else.
0: <laughs> He's just the and audience.
1: They, the I'm audience. the last track. Joe Deegan. Joe, and Joe has been with us before, right? Um, yeah. John, do you know the number, the, the episode number when he was with us?
0: I don't, but thanks for putting me yeah. on the spot.
1: But sorry, well, I did – Sometimes you have that stuff locked and loaded because that's you know, well, you're a details guy. and I like it. But uh, when we talked about music, uh, and Joe obviously worked for RYM, um, and he is our uh, what, what's your official title, Joe? Music Resources Coordinator. Okay, there you go. I, I would have guessed something close to that, um, but I know what you do. I don't know the exact name of what it is. That's right. Um, but of the role, but anyway, and. Uh, Joe, you live in well. Tell us where you live. Remind people where you live. Um, about your family and um, yeah, you know just a little bit. I live in Houston.
2: I've been here for it'll be ten years this May. I moved in '9 when I graduated college, and I'm from Alabama originally. I was born and raised there. Went to North Alabama University and. Moved out to Houston to work with the youth group at Christ the King and did that for seven years. And along the way met my wife, Leah. And we have three kids. Uh Ellie is five. Will is three and a half. Oh, sorry, Sam is three and a half. Will is two. And we have a fourth on the way in October.
0: Sorry, yeah. there's a yeah, good job. I was looking, I was looking up something for our discussion today. Uh, which is going to be Avengers Endgame. And we should say at the outset of this, this will be a spoiler uh, episode Tuesday and Thursday. We're going to be giving away absolutely everything in the movie. So I'm going to put that in the – the title as well, so people will see that before they even click on this. So we want to overly warn people: we will ruin this movie if you have not seen it. So do not listen to anything moving forward if you don't want to know any spoilers. We, we assumed, you know, this is going to be airing the third week in May. That you guys have probably seen it. Those of you who are, are diehard, um, we'll discuss our reaction to the film as My well.
1: My favorite part was when the DC superhero showed up to help him fight crazy. That was amazing! Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. It was so cool.
0: I can't believe they did that. That was really impressive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what I was actually looking up um, was how many Oscar nominated or Oscar winning actors were in Avengers Endgame because the cast is insane. Um, part of the reason we've got Joe Deegan with us, just to kind of add to our numbers a little bit on this podcast, um, kind of to mirror I mean just the the insane amount of actors that are in i mean notable actors that are in that movie. it is insanity. Um, I mean, one of them I'll just say <laughs> Natalie Portman won an Oscar. she was in the movie, did not say a word, and did not even open her eyes. <laughs> I mean, they, no, they she got
1: she opened her eyes. Are you sure? A hundred percent. Okay. Also, I've seen I've I've seen Natalie Portman in real life out on a ski lift in Colorado.
0: Really? Wow. A guy,
1: guy, a friend of mine, was shared the lift with her and like had a conversation with her. So, wow, wow. During the print during the Princess Amadala days too, like like <laughs> when she was like huge. So, not that she's not huge now. All that to say is she definitely opened her eyes at one point.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: He wakes up right before, uh, what's his name? Tries to get her. Thor? Bradley, Co- Bradley Cooper's character. Oh,
0: yes. Rocket. 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 Got it. Okay. Hey, Rocket. another, another Oscar nominated actor right there. Bradley yeah. Cooper. Yeah. Is a raccoon.
1: Ben Vin- Diesel is a voice actor in this. Um, well, who is the actress, John? You're going to know this. I feel like, is it Renee Russo who is uh, Thor's mom in yes. this? Is that who that is? Yeah. And, uh, because she's, you know, famous on her own. I mean, she's a talented and, you know, she's got a ton of credits to her name, actress. And she's, you know, kind of barely in it for just a little bit. Uh, everybody is in this thing. So Tom Hiddleston, who plays Loki, is in it for what? what like,
0: he, he's in yeah. a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's unbelievable. Uh,
0: so I've I've pulled up an article. I haven't even gotten to read it, but. Um... I mean, the title is Avengers Endgame Spoilers. Could this be the biggest cast ever nominated at the SAG Awards? No, okay. Let us count the stars, okay? Um, that's not – anyway, I just tried to Google to find out, but somebody can can look up all that. But it is – it's crazy to just think of the cast and think who's, who's in there. Think who – Samuel Jackson doesn't say one word, and he's there at the very end. Um, that's true. It's crazy. So, anyway, um, let's go ahead and d- discuss the movie. And I guess – Maybe the, the place we could just start is Kurt, Joe, did you like the movie?
2: I did like the movie. It was uh, right up there with my favorites of the, uh, all the Marvel movies. Kurt made a
1: face. Uh, sorry, I, I thought I made too much noise while you were talking. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is a reminder, Joe, you can mute yourself, um, which yeah. is helpful. Not to throw under the bus Oh, uh, yeah. But that's why, yeah, yeah.
1: Anyone can. I should I should have muted myself right there. I accidentally hit a, a bag of Cheez-Its that I'm trying to <laughs> navigate. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. <laughs> that I liked, that the movie had its moments that I really enjoyed, but that it was not as good as Infinity War. Um, I thought that the if this is a two parts, the first part was better, um, and the first part was funnier, and I guess part of this is is because there's a significant amount of screen time that's spent basically saying this: superheroes are having a sad, like they're they're, they're having a sad time, like you know, Captain America and uh, uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye, and like, all, like it's basically like this bad thing happened, and they really sell the fact that it was sad. And I understand that it was sad, but they really sell it. I, I would say a significant portion of the time, and that would be my first main criticism of the movie, is like they could have edited some of this stuff out because, man, they just really, really sold the fact that everyone was really sad. John, you got something to say about that?
0: <laughs> well, I guess... Uh, To your point, let me say this. I did like the movie. I liked it a lot. Um, I do think when the hype dies down, um, it's not going to be as timeless. We won't like it as much. It's just kind of this current moment. There's a lot of exciting, fun things about it. And I mean, it encompasses everything about a blockbuster. I mean, just the cast that we we talked about. Um, But I think I would actually argue against you on that for a point While I did like, like the movie. Um, you know, yes, if you saw Infinity War, <clears throat> Everyone Dies, they all turn to dust. I mean, this one picks up right there, which I will say this, maybe I need to think more about the 21 movies that preceded this. Maybe the best introduction to any Marvel movie. Um, I I liked it a lot. I thought, you know, that just the the scene. Um, with Hawkeye and his family, but then also the music to bring it in, um, but it was very good. But it picks up right where, where the other one left off, and there's a lot of just sorrow. I just think it's pretty significant, I mean, it, just as we get into to theology here, I mean, as image bearers, to see, uh, you know, capturing the sense of loss and grief and mourning uh, Is something we can echo and and agree with, and I thought that they, they did that well. Yeah, maybe Kurt, maybe they went a little too long because, like you said, not as funny. It starts off very somber, um, and yeah, interesting how all the characters deal yeah. with grief. It wasn't the.
1: i also, i agree with you that I really liked like Hawkeye the beginning of it, um, the beginning of the movie. I, I thought that was really well done, and I I kind of felt it was coming. Like I didn't know th- that they were that they were all gonna disappear. Like you know, yeah. but. I felt that that was coming. I guess my, my thing is, is like they, we spent a lot of time with superheroes just kind of talking about how they feel about the fact that they lost. Um, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of time where I was like, okay, you guys are really, you're having an existential crisis. But we got that in the previous conversation. Um, and I'll say also, I feel like I want to get the negative out of the way because there's a ton of stuff I liked about it. But the other thing is, is my favorite character in the whole Marvel Universe is Korg. And I just felt like there wasn't near enough. (laughs) Um, What what we got of him was phenomenal. He was playing Fortnite, which was awesome. (laughs) uh, Just like right on brand for him and really loved that part. We needed more of him. Um, I thought that Thor was hilarious in this movie. It was really, he was really funny. Although I thought he was, they, they, again, sometimes I think in artistry, like the, the thing, and this is where Joe could probably talk more, is like, is knowing when you're done, like knowing when, when it's been done and when you just stop and say, okay, that's finished. And I felt like, uh, is it Chris Hemsworth who plays yeah. Thor?
2: Yeah.
1: I felt like he had to carry the humor of this movie a little, like they put a lot on him. Um, mm. to carry. I felt like he carried this movie as far as like making it lighthearted and fun up until the what happens at the end, because at the end, it's the most fun, but, um, or the battle is the most fun. But, it, you know... That part of it, I just—we needed more Korg. Is all I'm saying. I'm I'm here for the Korg movie. So,
2: yeah, I would agree with that about Korg. I actually, I didn't mind the sadness of the first two hours. The way I see it is, well, first, wait, of wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. Just say that sentence one more time.
0: <laughs> sadness
1: of the first two hours. Yes, I that's know. my problem. Yes, I didn't mind the sadness. I
0: know. But that's not that's not completely accurate. It's very sad at the beginning. There is they break it up a little bit. Um, but 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 Joe, keep going. It's not really two hours. Of the film. I know it I'm was the going.
2: overall tone. But my thing is, I I definitely don't think that this movie will be as rewatchable as the other yeah. ones because I think that's one of the things I love so much about the Marvel movies is how you can just watch them over and over again. I don't think this one has that element except for the last hour. But the way I see it, after I've kind of sat back and thought about the last 11 years, this is film number 22, right, of the MCU. It's almost to a point now where this is more than a film franchise. It's it's kind of like a series, like a TV show almost. And in a sense, this is like just another episode. And so like as a standalone movie, maybe there was some some weird tones in it that just didn't really match some of the other ones. But I think if I think about it as like chapter 22 of the really long story and in that sense, I think a lot of the sadness really fit and it didn't feel too long to me. It felt like I felt like they needed to kind of press that sadness in order to get to the end because I thought the end was just awesome. Hmm. Anyway, well, I, that was my and, thought.
0: No, I think that's good. And should we say, I mean, should this movie be a standalone movie? Because it's really, part two, I mean, Infinity Wars and Endgame are really, I mean, one film.
2: Well, I almost don't feel like any of the movies at this point are standalone. Hmm. It's kind of like saying, it's kind of like imagine you were to go in and watch, you know, the Deathly Hallows of Harry Potter and, you know, try to pretend like it's the best movie you've ever seen. You can't appreciate it unless you've seen everything up until that point. And it's, it's not really a standalone story. It's just yeah, part I'm of a series. You. You know?
1: Well, I, I want to ask a a, a, a different question. I think we can break it up into parts. I think we, we've talked about the sad part. Okay. So, yeah. which is the majority of the movie is the, yeah. The sad part. Um, and, uh, and I'm not saying again, I want to be clear on my position. My position is not that they shouldn't have had the sad part. They should have. Um, I just felt like they really maybe hammered it home a little too much. Yeah. They could, We got the point. Um, And not enough cork. I just feel like Korg – how did cork feel about it? (laughs) We didn't didn't get to plumb the depths of Korg, but – like we should have. (laughs) But uh, I want to ask you all a question about – I think we should go back to the battle in a minute because the battle is clearly like – I think that that was what we're here for. Um, But post-battle, obviously, again – Huge spoiler warning about to happen right here. So again, you've had your chance, but when at Tony Stark's funeral, okay, when they when they have Tony Stark's funeral, they, all the characters are in black and it kind of scrolls through it. Like the camera pans through all of the characters. I think it starts out with our most notable and closely related to Tony Stark characters and the guardians of the galaxy. And so far and they go back at what point, In that pan, did you see someone? and You were like, "Who is that?" Okay, because I've got my own. At what point was there was there a point where you didn't see someone? Because mine is there was one guy at the very back who was standing by himself, and I had no idea who it was.
2: That's it. That's like the teenage boy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He's
0: he's the kid. So
2: yeah, I looked this up. He's the kid from Iron Man Three, who was like helping him build that stuff in the barn
0: ah yeah and if you listen all the way to the end of the credits there's just there's no credit scene there's just hammering you just hear hammering on metal oh i didn't know that supposedly that's him because there is a comic book this precedes the movies all that iron uh, iron iron lad i think is what Mm -hmm. it is and he's he's gonna be the next he's kind of taking up the what would not the hammer torch what would we say for iron Man? mantle there you go. That's good. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be the next Iron Man, supposedly. I didn't know that. And, and, and crazy enough, that's the kid from Jurassic World. And he was, I don't know. Oh, eight. the younger one, right? Yeah, the younger, the younger oh, one. Oh, yeah. And so you yeah. hardly even recognize him. I mean, obviously, he's a teenager now. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's him. So that's, you know, what the nerds are saying out there. And what does it say that I'm a nerd enough to go out and look up who that guy was? But, no, Kurt, yeah, I was – I was curious, um, did you have a follow-up you said to that? Because I had something I was going to ask.
1: No, I was just going to say, um, no, you, you go ahead. You go ahead, I'm sorry. Well,
0: my next question is, uh, what about the length of the movie? It seems like that's got to be, you know, major topic of conversation. Uh, Kurt, Joe, too long, too short, just right?
1: Too too long, I'll just say it, it, it was too long. I think, I, I loved what Joe said about the rewatchability of this movie. Like, I think that Infinity War is really rewatchable. I'd yes, say it's definitely. probably the best yeah. Marvel movie that I've ever seen. And I don't think that this movie is as rewatchable, but I think that it that this movie is going to live, like there's certain scenes in this movie when they end up on YouTube that they're going to yeah. be watched over and over again. This um, is going to
2: be a, a YouTube movie with just yeah. like moments that, that you mm-hmm. keep looking back on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, the battle is one of them, you know, that, I mean, people, the battle lasts, I don't know, like 30 minutes or maybe not, I don't even, maybe not even that long, but, that's going to be one. And then the scene, again, I keep coming back to it, but the scene where, where Thor is revealed to be fat and Korg is playing Fortnite, and <laughs> that scene is going to get rewatched quite yeah. a bit.
0: And so, not, not only was Thor fat, but they kept it going the entire movie. I thought, okay, well, eventually – Never shaped up, yeah. yeah something – he's going to yeah, become buff again or whatever. But no, no, they, dude, hit, they hit, him. They, hit
1: they, they hit his body in multiple times when it came time to fight because – they, I guess they wanted to keep it going or there was no way for
0: him to be like, all right, now I have a six
1: pack again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That that was, that was great. But I mean, and, and I've heard other people talk about this just, you know, the battle scene. I mean, it is, it's the highlight. It's awesome to think about, you know, there were literally hundreds of digital designers who put just the scene together as they're, you know, good and evil coming together, colliding. I, I mean, it's like a masterpiece picture that they've painted and put together that you know it's, it takes place in a matter of seconds I mean that kind of scene but just you know for us uh, again as image bearers to, to pause and to think about the creativity the amount of work just to have that scene I mean it's it's something we as Christians should should marvel at marvel yeah, I did not even mean to do that um, um it's impressive. well
1: that's a nice pun and I was going to say there's a, when, when, when the two armies are rushing at each other, the camera kind of does this thing where it moves to the side where you can see like all these people, all the good, the, the, the good guys, you can see them all running and it actually looks like a picture from a comic book. And that like the time there was a scene like that in another one of the Avengers movies. Um, I think in the age of Ultron and there were fewer characters to have to get into the picture, but I just remember thinking, wow, they spent a lot of time getting that exact scene exactly the way they wanted it to look. And just the dedication, one, to the source material, and two, just like that was just complete fan service. But it it took a ton of thought and time to get that. It's, the scene is less than two seconds long, and yet it's like one of the coolest looking scenes in the whole movie. So that was really awesome. Well,
2: speaking of fan service, one of my good friends who's – a big comic book guy he, he told me that he felt like the movie was just a love letter to the fans in a lot of ways and i think it was especially towards the end it was it was in a lot of ways showing an appreciation for all the fans who have stuck with this world and this story for so long uh, just by the way they brought everybody back into it at the end
0: yeah and, and just b- before we completely leave the length of the the film i'll just go on record saying it it wasn't too long to me that I did not check my watch. I was just kind of into the movie and, and I'm not, as we've said plenty of times, I've been a little tired of, of superhero movies and have just not been, you know, super in love with, with the film and a an avid, you know, follower, but, but I did enjoy infinity wars and I did enjoy Endgame, And I really was, was intrigued with the story. Um, like I said, I liked the grief, the mourning, the sadness at the beginning, but then something and this gets into another part of the story that I thought was interesting. I mean we've got to discuss time travel, but to me, and this sounds this sounds kind of strange maybe. Um, Seinfeld, okay? The, the final episode of Seinfeld, people hated it when it when it came out. I was a big Seinfeld fan. I liked it and I thought one of the brilliant things they did. and, and I think now that people look back at the the last episode of Seinfeld, look at the finale, they do think, it it's it's been I think it's aged well. Uh, but one of the things they did, they brought all the old cast back on, and all of these characters that you you knew from previous shows were all on on trial and all that, and that was that was awesome. Well, um, Endgame kind of did this. They went back and kind of hit on some nostalgic moments. You know, not only from the very first Avengers. Uh, you know, the battle I think in 2012 uh, in New York City, and then you know. Captain America going back and saying, "Is it Betty? Is that his his girlfriend, Betty?" Um, and, you know, so it was it was tapping into these nostalgic moments where the viewers are like, "Oh, this is why we've liked Marvel. This is why we've liked these characters." And so I think it it by doing that, it just allowed these moments to resonate with uh, the audience a little bit, a little bit more. Maybe going to your point, Kurt, I meant uh, Joe about it being a love letter to the audience. So. What are you thoughts on all that time travel, everything else?
2: Time travel. Well, I guess I'll go back to, um, to what we were saying about, you know, the love letter to the fans. I, I think that, um, I mean, I, again, like I said, this has been a series. This has been like a long story that's taken place. And I think one of the things that I love so much about the Marvel movies is how they've never really taken themselves too seriously. There's there's a lot of humor in there and there is really good character development because of that. And so the moments when they are serious and I don't really know what it is. I don't know how to analyze this to death, but for some reason, the serious, sad moments, I felt like they earned those moments somehow they they held a lot of weight because there was uh something so lighthearted all the whole way that it, like it just kind of hit you harder a little bit to see like this this sorrow and sadness um throughout the first part of the film um, and i i thought yeah they they
1: really hit on the nostalgia as well yeah um what do you guys think i have a follow up to this but What do you guys think was the most poignant moment of this movie? There were several. The the movie was written and designed to have many poignant moments. What do you think was the most poignant moment of this movie? In your estimation. What hit you in your feels? Without,
2: without. You know what hit me? Mm -hmm. This was uh, when, um, at the end, when Tony's daughter is talking to, John Favreau. I can't remember his character's name, but they're on the bench and he says, are you hungry? And she says, yes. And he says, can I get you something? And she says, I'd like a cheeseburger. And he says, I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want. Cause that was what he said to Tony Stark when he first got off the plane after he first became Iron Man. And uh, I don't know. Uh, that was just such a simple kind of throwaway line that for some reason, I hadn't seen Iron Man in forever, but for some reason I remembered that line when he brought it up, and it just like carried you all the way back to the beginning of this whole series. You know, I thought that was a pretty powerful moment.
0: John? No, it's funny you mentioned that because, <clears throat> excuse me, I did, I've actually seen this twice. Okay, so uh, I do, I teach at a classical school, and one of our worldview topics that we were to cover is entertainment and it just so happened that it uh, lined up with the release of Avengers and so I took our class to see it and we're gonna have a class discussion so I've seen this this twice and that scene I think the second time resonated with me Joe the scene you're you're talking about um but but a kind of random scene that 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 resonated with me that I just completely forgot about the first time was when Nebula was talking to war machine and it's when they get the infinity stone and she reaches through the kind of force filled thing and burns her hand, you know, and just kind of melts all the parts of her hand off, but she's a machine underneath and she looks at him kind of in shame and then looks away and says, I didn't, I wasn't always this way. And then War Machine says, I wasn't either. And he kind of just comforts her in that. That was just, again, Mm. (laughs) Nebula and War Machine are not big characters at all. Nobody's like, oh, I just need some more War Machine. And I like Don Cheadle a lot. But that was a very brief, subtle scene that I thought, wow, that's really interesting. Just the shame and the embarrassment there, but then also the comfort that War Machine offered. So that's a really subtle, kind of obscure one in the movie. But that's
1: Yeah, I I really enjoyed – uh, two things for me. I really enjoyed what they did with Captain America at the end. I thought that was, uh, as soon as he didn't come back, I was like, he's going to show up old. He's going to mm-hmm. be old. He's he going back. And um, they kind of tipped their hand a little bit when they're like, no one can come with me. Um, I'm like, okay, I got you, bud. You're going. Yeah. I love, But I loved that. I loved it. Um, I thought that the poignant moment that really didn't hit the way that they wanted to was when uh black widow died. Um, mm. I felt like they tried to make it really poignant and I kept thinking to myself, Um, And I don't know why they designed this way, but I thought here are the two Avengers who everyone jokes about being the least useful Avengers. Which one of them are we going to lose? And I kept to myself like, it doesn't really matter which one we lose. We're going to be fine either way. We still have Hulk, we still have Thor, we still have Iron Man, we still have Captain America. We'll still have like the real Avengers. But here are the two like people who shoot stuff um, are, um, are here and they're like and, you know, they're they're like fighting over. I just thought that scene was interesting for a couple of reasons. That being the foremost reason is just that, you know, I think that Jeremy Renner and Scarlett Johansson are both really great at what they do. Um, But I think the characters that they're given are a little tough in this environment, um, in this story. But I also thought it was interesting that uh, right before, that when when they figured out that one of them, when they're trying to decide which one of them is gonna sacrifice themselves, um, and they're, they're really fighting over who's going to get to sacrifice. But right before that happens, Jeremy Renner's character goes, Jesus, like that. He just says it. And he says it in like a, what we would say would be taking the Lord's name in vain. But I was like, that's the only time that that word is mentioned. And it's about who's going to sacrifice himself. And I was like, I don't know if they did that on purpose or it, you know, if he threw that in there. That's, you know, it's the only time that Jesus name is ever, uh, uh, mentioned in this, in this movie. And it was, you know, they were, they were trying to, they were both sitting there, you know, dealing with the ramifications or the realization that one of them was not going to get to go back. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, anyway, I, I I thought that was kind of a cool thing. Um, something that I'm sure I'm going to, I'm definitely going to mention to my students when we talk about this, but. Yeah. That um, is cool. Nah, yeah. Man, but yeah, also, but also have to say, um, knew we were going to be fine with it without either one of them for the final battle. <laughs> um, just, <laughs> just They're, you know, uh, they even joke about it in the movies. I think in age of Ultron, um, Jeremy Renner is like, <laughs> we're in a battle. Um, there are aliens flying. I'm shooting a bow and arrow. None of yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. yeah that's, I, that's-
2: I think another moment for me was, and this is a big moment and I'm sure a lot of people would say this, but the uh the I am Iron Man moment, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But even the part leading up to that, I, this is just such good writing to me. When Thanos says, I am inevitable, mm-hmm. and it just kind of goes along with I am Iron Man. But the fact that that, that line didn't just come out of a vacuum, that yeah. it was a throwback to what he said, uh, to what the 2018 Thanos said. You know, when they right before they killed him? I think that's when it was. I've only seen this once. But when he looks up at Captain America and says, I am inevitable, that he actually says, like, that's not the same Thanos saying that. That's the the four years earlier Thanos is saying it to Iron Man. And then uh, it just, like, it was such a great callback to that earlier line and then Iron Man's line, was just perfect, you know.
1: Well, I was going to say – I knew that they were gonna have to do something to bring all the characters back. I mean it's yeah. obvious and people who I think I'm not a comic book guy, but I think I've heard comic book guys say that no one is ever really dead. It's kinda of like a soap opera. Yeah. No one is ever really dead in uh in uh well there's some there's some soap opera where a guy named Stefano keeps getting killed over and over again. I what soap opera it
0: is, I'm like, happy to say I don't know. I, I don't um, know. I'm either. also happy to say that. It's,
1: it's like a it's it was like a before memes were a thing, it was a meme like in the nineties to be like they, <laughs> I don't know what soap opera it was and I don't I think and his name might not even have been Stefano, it could have been something else. But it's like he's been it was like a list I read one time, it was like all the ways in which he's been killed. All that to say is that like we had they had to bring them back. And I don't particularly enjoy time travel because it doesn't make any sense. Like if, like, and even when they tried to explain like exactly what they were doing, it still didn't make any sense to me because 2000, the snap never happened because Thanos died in the battle. Any, anyway, um, well, all that was, yeah, all that was very confusing for me, um, yeah. but it, they had to do it. Um, yeah. And but the, the very – to me, the very best part of the movie, uh, like the highlight of the movie, other than Korg, obviously, is – the second best part of the movie, other than him, is when all the circles show up and, mm-hmm. and all the good guys, like, you know, they start out with Black Panther and, the, and um, Falcon, and all the good guys show up. Yeah. Uh, that, that is going to be rewatched on YouTube. Lots of times. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's
0: well, And it's awesome too because not only that, and you start seeing all these characters you love, but it pans back to Captain America's face, and he's bloody and tired and beat up, and I think he begins to cry, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't he kind of tear up a little bit? And so it's just you see, okay, the relief coming, and mm. that's awesome. But but I think right up there with it, and I might even say this this is a better scene than that was when Captain America got the hammer. Yeah, That, that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, people just
2: <laughs> cheered the,
0: in the yeah. theater when it happened, and supposedly that's part of the comic book. He really yeah. does get the hammer, and he really I'm is. Not a, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm
2: not a, like a huge comic book guy. Man, I don't know man. enough about him, but apparently, like, there were two huge just comic book moments in there where Captain America gets the hammer, and also the Avengers assemble. Apparently, it's like a huge line that um, I'm, you know, showing my ignorance here with comic books, but apparently that's like the line that everybody's been waiting on Captain America to say, and he said it right there at the <laughs> end. That was, that was a big um,
1: can we talk about? Uh, is it can we talk about? Uh, not fan service, but um, I, oh, we need to break, don't yeah, we? Maybe, right. maybe, I, I want to talk. I, I want to talk about. Can, can can we break? And when we come, when we come back on Thursday, can we talk about? the subtle political uh or not political but what's like cultural comment commentary in this movie because there some of it's not so subtle and i think it really (laughs) anyway i want to talk about that
0: yeah i think that's good and and as well as we've said just some conversations to have with children uh, or youth workers listening to have with students i mean there's obviously a lot of lot of material here so um good discussion guys kurt you want to take us out Guys, thanks for joining us.
1: Uh, If you haven't seen this movie yet, you already know everything that happens now. So um, I guess, I don't know, wait for it on DVD or Netflix or I don't know, are are DVDs a thing? Hey, thanks for joining us and we'll see you on Thursday.